0: In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Kim Kohatsu on how to optimize your product listings. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 78. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations, for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of drip is the visual workflow builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation rules visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation rules. It's powerful, but also easy to learn. Unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation to get a demo of drip today, you can go head over to drip.com slash B O E that's drip.com slash B O E. Now onto the show. Welcome to the business of e-commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start launch and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host Charles Plesky. And I'm here today with Kim Kohatsu. Kim is the director of marketing for Picfo where they help users perform their split tests. I've asked her in the show today to talk about how you can optimize your product listings. So, Hey Kim, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. I love the topic of uh, split testing. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, I've found out PickFu. I found out about PickFu a while back. Um, talked to a couple of your founders and kind of, we met through that. Um, I guess real quick, what does PickFu do?
1: So, Picfu is essentially a surveying software that you can use for market research. Um, but one of the things that we do differently, instead of, you know, just having you build a survey, we actually bring you um, a, a pool of respondents, and those respondents can match your target customer. So, you know, not only are you asking a question um, in this case about your e-commerce listings or about your e-commerce product, um, but we can, you know, tailor that audience so that, you know, if your product is geared towards women or people of a certain age or if it's, you know, a product for dog owners or a product for, you know, health nuts or what have you. Um, We can actually bring those people to you very quickly to answer your questions um, and basically help you improve your listings and help you improve your products.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I can see a lot of use cases for this. Well, actually two in particular. Um, One, when you have your own site, right? So if you're Shopify, Magento, whatever it is. Um, But also if you're running on something like an Amazon where that's totally like A-B testing over there is like a different world, right? Um,
1: Right. Yeah. It's also really good if you are in a competitive um, environment where, you know, you want to see how is my listing or how is my product faring against another product? So you can, you know, take, for instance, your packaging and put it up against the competitors and say, which one's more appealing, you know, things like that. So I feel like it's it's a really, it's a fast and very efficient way to do market research.
0: Yeah. Well, I love the topic too, just because it's one of those things you need, you know, you should be split testing, right? But if you're too small, then you have the problem of you don't have enough traffic. So every split test is essentially invalidated, right? Because if you say, well, I need at least, you know, a thousand users or whatever the number is, you're like, well, that'll take me, you know, two months to get, then maybe it's seasonal. So like it's going to go in the holiday season or it's going to go into summer or whatever it is. So that's going to blow up your test. Or then you have the other side of, okay, now I'm large. I have maybe this one product and we sell tons per day. Do I want to mess with that? Right? Do I want to take my live listing and like blow that up um, just to run a test? So you have these kind of two sides of it, where if you're too small, you can't do it. If you're too big, you can't do it either. Um, So you need to have something. So what do you, I mean, to get started, what do you kind of recommend e-commerce retail?
1: yeah, one of the nice things about PicFu is that you can test things before they're live. So, you know, in a traditional split test, you know, you would have to have a working website um, where, like you said, you'd have to bring a ton of traffic to it. So you usually have to pay for ads. Um, you know, so, so those are costs that add up. What's really nice about Picfu is before you go into production or before you, you know, commit to a lot of inventory, you can actually test what product variations are, you know, the most popular. So, you know, as a, for instance, if you're just thinking, okay, should I offer this color, you know, this product in blue or in red, you can actually test that before you, um, produce that. So, you know, before your store even gets off the ground, you can be doing testing and seeing what is most appealing to people. you know, there's all kinds of things that you can test. Um, you know, along the way. So, for instance, your product name is a, is a big one. People, um, you know, a lot of times if you name your product something, um, you might not realize that certain words that you use have associations that people bring to um, the product that you know you may not want. You know, that may not be what you're what you're going for. Or so, uh, you know, uh, an example I can think of is. Um, Somebody was selling a, um, a, a a mattress, and it was supposed to be a premium mattress, but at an affordable price. And they um, they tested two names: one was Budget Bed, and one was Ebb and Flow. And people really reacted. Poorly to budget bed because they you know almost all of them said you know it just sounds cheap to me and I think you know those kinds of insights are things that you you can only get really by putting you know your idea in front of people um, once you know you get a little further along in your process. Then we can also help with things like your main product photo. Um, that's a really good one. Uh, a lot of e-commerce sellers use to sort of see, okay, which which image are you more likely to click on? Um, and uh, things like language, you know, the 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 um, language you use and your product description is another good one to test. Um all kinds of things like that, you know, like I mentioned before, packaging, um, you know, um, e- even down to the URL that you use. I think all of those things, um, it's really easy for any business owner to kind of get stuck in their own head and start to kind of, you know, get tunnel vision because you're, you're, you're nose down in your, proje- your project or your product and, you know, you know it really well. And it's just really nice to get some outside perspective and just make sure that you're on the right track.
0: Yeah, it's funny, right before the show started, we were talking about a, uh, an ad I'm running, and I've, we've been using the same ad for a while, same creative, same copy, and definitely started thinking, is this really the best choice? Like, did testing, you know, a while back, but it's probably time to revisit that and actually look and say, is this the best anymore? Um, mm-hmm.
1: And then, like you said, you know, if your ad is already performing pretty well, you don't necessarily want to damage that. Right. So PicFu is a good way to sort of run these tests outside of the marketplace. So, you know, outside of Amazon or outside of Google, you know, what have you, you can kind of do these in isolation.
0: Got it. Yeah. So what is and so- the nice
1: thing too is when you when you run like for instance an ad test, sure, like you can um, you can compare you know click through rates things like that. Um, with PicFu, not only are people going to vote on your creative ideas, they're also going to give you a written comment, um, kind of explaining what they what why they chose what they chose or what they saw, and. Those insights, I think, are really valuable. And, and, you know, you can't really get that through just a, a, a creative split test. Um, what you start to see are kind of recurring words and themes that, you know, I think really open up a lot of possibilities.
0: Gotcha. So, as far as structuring the tests or where do you even start, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you have some products out there, you've never done much testing. Um, you hear of the thing all the time of, you know, Google, well, it's like a, different color button and that changed the, um, the click-through rate, this like fraction percent, but that turns out to be a billion dollars a year. Um, and you know, people always get hung up on this thing of like, Oh, we'll change the button color. And like, yeah, but you're not Google, right? You don't have that kind of traffic. Where are some things you would start that are like the big levers of, you know, button color and fonts, probably not going to do it, but what, what are the top three things you would actually start testing?
1: Okay, so I think, you know, for e commerce especially, I would look at product name. Um, I think that that's very important for branding um, and for just, you know, leaving a lasting impression with your customers. Um, I would also test your main product photo, because that's going to have a huge impact on your click through rates. um, And, you know, just sort of the appeal that your product has the the impression that it leaves uh, uh, with customers. And then I would look very carefully at the language in your product description. So those would be my top three for an e-commerce listing Um, and then depending on you know how you know how your store is set up whether you know you're selling on a a, you know a, a marketplace like Amazon or eBay or if you've got your own store you know then you can also if you if you have your own store you can also look at things like you know how is my UI layout you know is my store, you know, as friendly or as, you know, trustworthy looking as it can be? Um, and that's when you can really start to think about, OK, well, am I presenting, you know, my product in the in the best way? Is my call to action button where it needs to be? You know, those sorts of things, I think, are are, are also really important. Um, but I think just, uh, you know, as a as a, just a, a basis level, I think um, just in isolation, looking at your name, your image and your description are, are really important.
0: When you say test, right? So those things. I guess the first question, and you have the two different sides of this. Would you go with your current um, title, a photo, whatever it is, and make small tweaks, or would you first start with saying, "Let's try, you know, ten wildly different photos, like that are completely had nothing to do with one another, and just see and and see which direction you start moving in? Like, where yeah. would you start with that?
1: I, I think if you're starting from scratch I think it's a good idea to kind of just be broad and look at different concepts altogether So um, you know it, you know for instance you know if you are um, you know if you are doing a, a product description test you know one easy way to do that is um, you know, hire like three different writers to uh, to uh, approach it and you know they're all going to do something a little bit different and then maybe you know you put those up against your um your existing description you know or not you know maybe you just want to kind of see what what sticks um and what you'll find is that like i said you'll kind of get these sort of recurring themes and you know recurring reactions that help you you know k- kind of help guide the process And I think once you're a little bit further down the road, you're confident that, okay, like direction B is kind of what people are most jibing with. Then you can see, okay, well, if I change the order of something or if I format my headline a little bit differently, you know, those small tweaks can kind of come down the road incrementally. But I think as a starting point, you do want to kind of just, um, you know, throw caution to the wind and, and, um, and, and test wildly different things. Well,
0: that's a nice part too. If you're doing not a live test, I feel like there's kind of nothing to lose. And, you know, maybe one picture is some picture you took on your iPhone and maybe another one's a stock right. photo and just do some different, like weird things, just because you're not messing with your main product page. Um, and that's kind of the other benefit of what you're talking about. keep in this kind of, um, sandbox environment, right. Where, you're not going on your Amazon main product listing and changing that every two days and blowing it up. You're, you're doing this kind of hidden test behind the scenes. So you can really put some weird pitches at a maybe one stock photo, maybe one you took, maybe one, whatever photo. Um, and just see, what direction. So I love that one a lot. Um,
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and what I always find is that there's always something that surprises me. I feel like, you know, like I said, I think it's really easy to get, you know, caught in your own head. And there's so many times where I'm sure that one thing is going to win and then it doesn't, or, you know, or it wasn't as popular as I thought, or a problem that I didn't even foresee comes up. And so I think, Um, you know, having that exposure, um, you know, in front of 50, 100, 200 people is really incredible because you start to see, oh, people aren't seeing what I'm seeing, or they're not bringing to the table what I thought they would bring. So, you know, all of those things, I think, you know, not only does it give you confidence, um, it, it, it really does, I think, open your eyes to things that you might not have considered.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, too, where even, and I've felt victim to this, too, you kind of, let's say you do all the testing and you find something like, I am totally satisfied. This is great. It's working. And then you kind of just, you get a little comfortable, right? And six, eight months go by and you've just been running it. And then you realize like things have changed. The market changed, maybe even just the season's changed. And then you actually go back and you revisit this again and realize like, this is not good at all. Like every, I thought this was like the best one. And you realize it's really not the best. It's like far from that. And it's shocking just over time, it just starts drifting. Um, so whatever is good today doesn't necessarily mean let's just stick with that and run with that. You need to almost do this. It needs to be like this like hygiene thing of you constantly need to get in this mode of let's keep trying and let's just see, did the market change? Did, did our positioning change or whatever it is? Um, something might have changed outside of your control. You can't see. And it's just important That's to, right. see, to understand and- that
1: that's another good, you know, instance too, where you can run your listing against a competitor listing and see what's going on. right. I mean, you can, um, that's something that you wow, can't a good, do yeah, in a live a, test. Right. So, so I think that that's another clever use of PickFu as well, just to sort of see, okay, well, what, what's going on in this store that's not going on in mine, um, and, and get a sense of, of, you know, where you might want to head from there.
0: Oh, so you're trying to say, so you would say take a, Basically, you could take your product page and an exact competitor page and maybe remove some logos and just put them both in front of people in this sandbox environment, right? Where no one else knows you're doing this outside of this test and it's very controlled and just see like, okay, more people just go to my competitor. And that tells you a ton right there.
1: Yeah. Or you might go the opposite
0: direction and say, wow, more people go to my page and my competitor (laughs) doesn't actually know what they're doing. And, you know, maybe that's a happy surprise, right?
1: Right. (laughs) Exactly.
0: All right how many, what kind of test size are we talking um, to make it valid? Because I think this is what people were talking about. It this happens all the time where you have 30 people go and you kind of just say, oh, this one, but you realize right. that's not a really, it's not a legit sample set.
1: Right. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a different threshold when you are surveying versus running a live test. Um, because again, you know, I think when you run a live test, you know, your customers aren't you know, they don't realize that there's any other variation out there, right? They're just doing what they do. And so I think, um, you know, in order to have confidence in that, you need to, you need to, you know, have have a higher threshold. With surveying, um, the way that we do it at PickFu is um, the minimum um, survey would be 50 people, so, um, you know, I, I think if that were to be, you know, like a, like a PPC split test, like, you know, I wouldn't trust just 50 clicks. Um, but when it comes to 50 people giving you written responses, I think that that at least gives you a good foundation or a good sort of compass to, to guide your decisions. Um, you can go up to 100, 200, even 500 people using PicFu. So, um, you know, if you decide that your sample size wasn't big enough, you can always make it bigger. Um, and, you know, like I said, you can also tailor the audience. So, um, you know, instead of just, uh, testing, you know, whoever, um, you can, you can, for instance, test only a group of Amazon prime owner, uh, prime members, or you could test only with people who are homeowners, or you could test only with people who are some combination of things, right? So they are college graduates between the age of 25 and 34 and, you know, they drive a car or, you know, something along those lines. So. you really can tailor it to your needs. I wouldn't say that there's necessarily, I feel like every test is a little bit different. And sometimes I do think, you know, certain things call for a, a larger audience size. Um, but at least with PickFu, um, I would say, you know, start with 50, see what that gives you, kind of kind of test out the waters. And then, you know, like I said, you can always grow that audience if you feel you need your, more
0: input. I guess the nice part there too is you're running the tests in this controlled like simultaneous environment, right? where you know, it's not outside factors. Um, we've done things with, there's a promotion running or a certain campaign. There's traffic coming in from a source that will stop at some point. It just, it's a one-time hit. Um, so any tests are running at that point, it kind of skews and pretty much invalidates the results of, you know, anything that if you run two different variations at different times, it can easily invalidate the results. First, what you're talking about is running them side by side, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So our audience will see all of the options laid out before them, and they will be able to say, okay, this one works better for me than this one. Um, With PickFu, you can test up to eight options or you can just test one. So for instance, if you just wanna ask an open-ended question, that's another interesting way to get feedback. Um, But in most of our tests, you would take two or three options and test them against each other. Um, And like I said, all of the respondents see all of the options. And so they're in a little bit of a different mindset, but I think it also helps you really pinpoint what is different about each one and what, about those differences, um, are, are working with the people that you're showing it to.
0: Got it. What you mentioned asking questions, right? Like actually getting Mm -hmm. survey data back. What are some helpful questions you would ask on, let's say you're showing a product page, like, what do you actually want to ask people? Um, because if you ask asking questions, right, you can frame it the wrong way and you can get the answer that you want. And that's, you know, makes you feel good, but totally useless. So how do you ask questions to actually get the answer you need and not just the answer you want?
1: That's a great question. So I you know, obviously it's going to come down to it's a, what it's a it great is. Question you're, you're trying to it, find. It's a great yeah. question because
0: I like to ask questions where I get the answer that I want. So I
1: right.
0: but, so I want to know how do I get answers that I need, not the answers I want. So
1: Right. Well, I think the the um the first thing is use very plain objective language. So, you know, instead of saying, for instance, how much do you like this thing? That's a positive biased question right instead you would ask you know which of these is most appealing to you you know or something similar um or you know the other thing you could you could really probe um, in a certain direction so for instance if you've got just like say a video that you created um, and you've only got one you don't you don't have a you don't have anything to compare it to maybe you ask a question like how clear is this video or you know are you left wondering anything about this product after seeing this video? So I think the most important thing is to be as objective as possible, really think through um, the, the you know what it is that you're trying to find out. I also think what's really helpful is um, you can look through, we've got something called a public poll gallery where you can look at what other people have done Um, And I think that that's very helpful just to sort of see, okay, well, like, you know, um, this, this test looked pretty good, you know, that that's kind of a clever question, or or what have you. And then in addition to that, every Wednesday on our blog, we feature a poll where we actually give analysis. And so you can look at previous polls and sort of hear our feedback on what to take away from this poll, maybe how it might have been better. Um, And so that's a really good way to learn really how to poll, because I do think that the more that you do it, the better you get at it. So, you know, when I came on to pick food three years ago, and I was just sort of playing around with the product, um, I definitely made some mistakes that I am, am aware of now, you know, I for instance, uh, my, my options maybe weren't consistent. So, um, you know, I wasn't only testing, for instance, the design parameter because I had different copy on each design or something like that, you know. So there are definitely ways that you can improve your tests. Um, and I think it's at the heart of it, though, it's, it's almost like the plainer you can make it the better. Like don't try to get too clever with it, I think is is really the crux of 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 uh what I would advise.
0: Yeah, I was on uh Twitter the other day and Patrick Campbell, the founder of ProfitWell, um, asked a question I thought it was genius and probably um relevant here. If he just said, Hey everyone, what do you think ProfitWell does? And this is in the group of um SaaS founders, a lot of people have heard everyone knows who ProfitWell is. Um, I had an opinion of what I thought it did and kind of just going through this thread of realizing, okay, I don't even think I actually know the right thing. And no one else in this thread seems to know the right thing. So just asking this like extremely open ended question of, what do you even think this is? Like, what do you think this product is? What do you think it does? You get these, the responses were just eye opening of, wow, all people that even use the product and interact and know Patrick interact with the company and have heard him spoke still have no idea what it actually is or yeah. have very different ideas, I guess. So right. everyone seems to think they know.
1: it in a certain way, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's the other thing too. Then you start to hear when you do the surveying, which is interesting, you hear how people describe what it is. Um, so it's not just which ones you like better, but what words do you use to describe what it is, right? So just asking, yeah. hey, here's two, um, you know, here's two air mattresses, right? Something like that just hearing how they describe those products, that gives you a sense of, oh, what words are my customers using? Not just right. So then you can almost start building the copy based on that when you try your next test. And what words do they use? And then we try to push those back at them.
1: Exactly. Yes. I, and and you know, I'm a copywriter by trade and I think that those things are very insightful. You know, the kind of um descriptors, the language that people respond to and also the language that they don't respond to. So You know, certain words are just turnoffs. And I think, you know, a lot of times too, especially when it comes down to brand names and product names, I found that um, there are certain very good uses for. misspellings or hard to pronounce words. And then there's some very bad ones where people are just turned off. They, you know, if they, you know, a lot of times they'll see tests where it's like, I don't know how to pronounce that. So I wouldn't buy it. Or, you know, I don't like it as much because I don't know how to say that. So I think, especially when it comes to naming, pronounceability, um, spelling, those are all things that can either work for you or against you. And you may be surprised at what you find.
0: Yeah. Um, on the spark shipping on the, on our main site, I think at one point it said that we did inventory updates auto magically. I thought it was a clever play on words. You don't know how many support requests we got saying yeah, he a misspelling your site. I'm like, well, I, th- I thought it was clever. <laughs> no one else thought it was clever. It turns out. So things like that you do and you think, yeah, it's going to be this like clever misspelling kind of word I made up. And a lot of people are like, that's not a real word. And you're like, Oh okay, I-, I know I get it, but yeah. So certain things just turn people off and you don't realize it. And that, that was one of those examples. Um, this was like the initial design. There was no testing. It just kind of went out and until people actually started literally emailing, pointing out a word they didn't like in the copy, like, you know, okay, I guess. Um, and that's one of those things. If you put that in front of people and you kind of split test that, probably hear that a lot sooner um
1: that's right and you know it's it it it, it, again it kind of gets you out of that that tunnel vision it gets you out of your own head um brings a fresh perspective that you wouldn't otherwise get
0: yeah i like that and then how are people doing this with amazon because i feel like that's one of the tougher um places right because you don't really have control of the listing so right like how do we say split testing in that world what are people actually doing there to split test
1: So a lot of um, our Amazon split tests are based around images. Um, That is probably the biggest driver of, you know, what Amazon sellers want to test, because, you know, that image is going to profoundly affect your click through rates. Right. Um, And, um, you know, a lot of times you might have, you know, eight product photos and, you know, you're just you just pick the one that you liked the best or, you know, maybe the one that uploaded the fastest or whatever, you know, maybe you didn't, you didn't put that much thought into it, but really if you ask people, which image are you more likely to click on or which image is the most appealing to you, you'll be surprised at what they say. So, you know, sometimes people want to see that kind of, um, you know, product by itself against a white background, but other times, you know, it's more about the in use kind of, um, product that kind of gives people a better understanding of of what it is they're looking at. Um we found with images too there's other kinds of insights that you can get. So as a for instance, um an e-commerce seller was running a, 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 a an image poll on a fitness product and it was um like some sort of exercise band um where um you know, one photo showed a woman using the band um, and, the, and the product was more um, prominent. And then another photo kind of had, you know, the same female, but it was it was more um, skin. So it was more sexy. It was, you know, it was sort of just more, um, yeah, yeah, like sex appeal. And what was interesting was um, when you looked at the demographic breakdown of, um, you know, what people responded to. The men in the respondent pool were like, yeah, give me the sexy photo, right? Um, But the women were quite turned off by it. And what was interesting was this product, at least from what I could tell, just looking at the picture, looked like it was geared to women. So, you know, in that way, it's like you really want to think about, okay, who is your customer and what did they respond to versus what you might respond to? Or, you know, just thinking about who it's for and what you're trying to convey with with your images, right? So maybe your product is high end. So, you know, which looks more luxurious or lo- which looks more well-made or expensive or, you know, those sorts of things, I think, too, give you insight into what images work best. Um, another thing I've seen with images is, you know, a lot of products are, are bundles or they have a lot of component parts. And just how you display all those component parts can also um, really affect how people feel about, you know, they want to know what they're getting. And so just the way that you might shoot everything in that bundle um, can, can have an effect on, on how people feel about it. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of ways to, to test your images. And I would say, you know, on Amazon, that's probably um, – are, you know, what we see as the biggest um, use. But there's other uses, too. So if you're doing an FBA product, you know, that you've created, um, again, product names are very important, right? You want to stand out in some way. um, And your, your product title is usually... Um, right. A product name, some, some original product name, and then some product descriptors and all of the sort of optimization tools out there are going to give you insights into like keywords you can use and, you know, things like that. But when it comes to that product name, what people like will remember and what they're going to recommend to their friends. I mean, those are things you really want to test with people. Um, and then again, you know, the, the descriptions that you, you use, um, So we had a test that I can think of with um, some descriptive language where it was, um, you know, the length of the two um, descriptions were pretty similar. Um, But what this person did in one was he uh, bulleted um, all of the features and it kind of gave like an introduction to the bullet in a way. So there was sort of like a, it was for an, a spherical ice tray. So if you think about, you know, if you're drinking whiskey on the rocks and it, you just want one big ice cube, right? Um, and so, you know, one bullet point would just start off perfect for the whiskey drinker. And then it would kind of go into more detail. And what, what people responded to was they were like, I love that I could just kind of scan it really quickly. And, um, and so that was, um, that was actually an Amazon description that you can see live now. Um, and it's interesting that product has sold so well, it's, it's actually one of those Amazon choice, um, products. So that was just really great to see just, you know, something that is, you know, doing really great, but still, like you said, you know, continually optimizing and making sure that, you know, the, the listing is up to snuff.
0: Well, when you start talking about products are actually already doing well. Just moving it from you know a six to a seven percent, whatever conversion rate that's going to move the number the the needle big time, right? So, exactly, once you're at that level, you almost like need to be testing just because any small percentage jump it's going to move the needle, um, much larger than when you're starting off. You know, goal one of just creating the product page is just let's just get some image up there. I don't even like you know, one, I don't know what it is, the stock photo, whatever it is, just you get something up there. But then after you start getting traction, that's when you really, you need to start kind of going back and revisiting some of these early assumptions. Um,
1: exactly. Yep. You
0: know. How do you combat people? Cause I feel like this would happen a lot in surveys. Um, like just giving you the, giving you like the nice feedback instead of giving you the true feedback. Is that ever an issue where, well, I, I feel like if I ask someone like, Hey, do you like to share it? You know, if I'm walking down the street, no one's going to say eh, it's awful. Like, you tend not to get that. Is that something in a survey you worry <laughs> about? Are people just like, or is it the internet and people just like brutally honest with you and they'll, well, they you they know, hate your shirt? Sure.
1: I do think that our um, survey respondents do tend to be thoughtful. You know, in in that you know sometimes they will be brutally honest, and but you know. I think that you're more likely to get sort of that quote unquote nice feedback um, if you just ask like your family and immediate friends, right? If you're just asking your coworkers or, you know, your buddy or, you know, the person down the street, they're looking you in the face. They have some kind of relationship with you. So they are going to try to spare your feelings. I think that our respondents tend to be honest and thoughtful. Um, And, you know, the other concern that a lot of people have is it's the internet. How do I know they're going to take my questions seriously? How how am I, you know, I don't want to get a bunch of, you know, spammy crap answers. Um, And what we've done at PickFu is we've put a lot of quality controls in place um, to, to weed that out. So we have done um, a lot of things on the back end to make sure that people um, are who they say they are, that they take your um, question seriously. And um, we won't let, you know, certain responses go if if, uh, you know, we've done a lot of kind of machine learning if, 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 you know, if our, if our, uh, you know, AI doesn't think that the, the response is detailed enough, for instance, it won't, it won't go through. Um, but then on the front end of that, if you, as, um, as a person running a poll, get your responses back and you really think that, you know, certain responses were, um, were not helpful or weren't serious you can flag those responses and you know we can take actions on our side from there such as you know either refunding you know for that response or um you know uh banning that person from our system there's all kinds of ways that we have really worked to get a very good community of people um coming to your poll and answering it seriously
0: yeah i know the last thing you want me to do i uh any sort of survey of form is you make the, uh, the comment box required and you get just like the, the period and then submit, <laughs> and you just, like, you just get a bunch of responses, of like a period and you're like, uh, okay, I <laughs> should have made that field required. I get it. Uh, I get what you're trying to say. So yeah, no one wants that. Cool. Any kind of other surprises or takeaways or things that, cause I feel like this is one thing that's full of surprises, any kind of last surprises that you kind of didn't know three years ago and you start enough surveys now where you're like, Oh, wow. I you know I'm now so much wiser, and um you know I, I would do this so much differently now
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I think that one of the things that is is really um useful that i I think that um, a lot of sellers don't think about um, is that you can test before you do anything. So idea validation is a really nice um, use case for PickFu, um, where, it, you know, before you even launch a product, I think that that's a really, you know, good good thing to do is just, Hey, does anybody need this? Or, you know, would you, would you pay X dollars for this, you know, or whatever? Um, I think that that is a great way to get feedback before you even launch. And, um, I would say that, you know, that is probably one of the most useful, but underutilized, uh, uses for a service like PickFu.
0: Yeah, it's a good one because you hear of a lot of folks that, um, you know, that are more established, they have an email list and, then it's easy to get that kind of early advice, right? Where not easy, but let's say you have, you know, 50,000 people and you can just email them and say, Hey, what do you think of this new idea? You're going to get, you're going to get some responses, um, a little different. They skewed. They already know your brand. Maybe they same thing. They're not, you know, it's not, um, it, you're not asking your mother, you know, Hey, how do you like this shirt? So it's not that level of warmth, but it's, they're a little more warm with the brand. So they're not going to give you brutally honest feedback, but at least you can get feedback. Um, But if you're small, you don't have that kind of access. So you don't have like a – just a list you can just say, hey, I'm launching this new X. Um, And before I get the container delivered, what do you think? Um,
1: Well – and it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, those kinds of tests where you do have a list. I mean, that's still that's still useful feedback. I mean, right. You want to satisfy the people that are already in your orbit. Right. I mean, that's that's a good thing. But it's also important to expand that orbit. Right. So we had an author, for instance, who um, had a Facebook fan group and she did a test um, where, you know, she wanted to. um see if she redesigned the covers of her books, what people would say. And interestingly, um, her her Facebook fan group responded very similarly to the PickFu audience. And so what you'll find is a lot of times, um, you know, it, our audience can be predictive of what you might see in a live test or with your own customers. But also, I think it's interesting to sort of you know, make sure that, like I said, you're, you're satisfying both sides. You want your existing customers to still feel like this is part of your brand, that this is a useful thing for them, but you also want to appeal to people who aren't those customers. Right. So I think it, I think both kinds of tests can be valuable. And I think, um, there's a place for, for both of them. Um, but like you said, if you don't already have that list, it's really difficult to, to, you know, in a, short amount of time and with not that much money, you know, to to get that feedback. And that's kind of why a lot of times we proceed just based off of decisions we make with our gut, or, you know, we don't really bother with those things, because it, just does, it doesn't seem like it's feasible. And if you use a surveying software like PickFu, it really is, it really is easy to you know, get that feedback, improve your product before, you know, you go into production before, you know, you, you sign off on all of the the final designs and what have you, because you've already got confidence in the direction that you're going in.
0: Okay. Awesome. So if people want to check out PicFu, learn more about you, where can they do so?
1: Sure. So pickfew.com and then specifically for e-commerce, you can do slash e-commerce. Um, we are also on all the social medias. Um, and then like I said, check out our blog. Um, we've got some really nice featured polls that you can lo- take a look at um, and sort of see the analysis. You can look at other polls that people have run and try it out for yourself.
0: Awesome. All right. I think that was super helpful. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Now the food will be good. Now the